Hey everybody, this is Mark Richards, the owner of Wasatch Recovery and a proud sponsor of Todd Sylvester's BeliefCast. We are excited to have you join us as we discuss Wasatch Recovery's unique treatment programs for overcoming addictions and techniques for developing a healthier lifestyle. We call this the Wasatch Way. Wasatch Recovery's goal is to instill hope, teach resilience, and help you achieve recovery. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey everyone, this is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Welcome to the Euro K Mental Fitness Studio. I would like to thank our sponsors, Ned Siegfried, Luke Peterson, and Todd Bradford with Siegfried and Jensen, Mark Richards with Wasatch Recovery, Colby and McKenzie with Thread Wallets, Drew Peterson with First Digital, Greg Jackson with Mountain West Spine and Orthopedics, and Travis Whitaker, the owner of Living Recovery Interventions. And also, I'd like to give a shout out to Paul Cardall. The music that you hear at the beginning and the ending of these episodes is by Paul Cardall. He's an amazing person, and he's been one of my heroes for years. So thanks to all my sponsors and Paul Cardall for believing in me. I love you guys so much. Please enjoy this next episode. Welcome back, everyone. This is Todd with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast, and today's another edition of the Wasatch Way. Normally, we have Mark Richards on, who's the owner of Wasatch Recovery, but today I have Christian Smith. He's one of the best guys I know, and he is the marketing director at Wasatch Recovery. (laughs) Sorry, Ryan Decker, you just lost that title. Yeah, you can hear us chuckling because before we started this, you said, What's my title? I don't have a title. I just do it. Whatever it is, I, just I do, do my it, job. So. Yeah. Yeah. He just does his job. But he is in marketing. He's out there bringing people in and letting people know about our amazing program. And Christian knows, it feels like he knows everybody. Um, all walks of life. I run into people all the time that know Christian. And it's beautiful to be friends with him and also work with him. And so thank you for joining us today. You're welcome. Feelings mutual. Yeah. Thank you. You know, we were we were sitting here. What do we want to talk about? We've talked about so many subjects on here, and Christian um, had an experience last night with a group that he talks to. And maybe I'll let you kind of just explain what you were doing last night and how effective that was. And I think th- I want to talk about this subject about the the lies that we tell ourselves. Okay, um, I'm in recovery. Some of you have heard this. I'm I'm in recovery. Um, many years of drug and alcohol and pornography, gambling, inappropriate relationships. Um, And since recovery, since I've been blessed with this recovery, having been recovered, we're chuckling. You can't see on this, but we're chuckling. I love that word. I (laughs) think it's appropriate. I love it. I've been given the opportunity to meet with a group of men every Tuesday night uh, from the ages of 18 to 30 Mm -hmm. uh, who are struggling with some addiction. And... uh, Excuse me, might have to edit that cough. Okay, and, it's all uh, good. We had a large group come in last night, and I kind of punted instead of discussing, or sometimes we'll do some step work. Most of it is more of a, a discussion of what's working, what's not working. Yeah. It. We watched this move, this little video clip. It's 11, 9 minutes and 11 seconds long by the skit guys called God's Chisel. Uh, I'd seen it. It was one of those catalytic video clips 13 years ago yeah. that went, wait a minute, something changed, and it really helped. And I thought, let's let's see if anybody has the same has the same effect on them. Yeah. So we play the video clip. Uh, there are 17 guys in that group, and 
during the video clip, half of them are crying. Oh. And the, the video clip is, it's God chiseling away stuff that is not necessary in one's life yeah. that we hold on to and uh, the pain of the chisel and it's just yeah. two guys it's worth watching um yeah um i think these are non-denominational guys uh, that are that are doing it but during one of the parts of that video clip god says to the guy who's chiseling uh, who's saying this hurts really bad um god says stuff like um it hurts me more than it hurts you which we get a chuckle out of whatever yeah, right but then it gets serious for a minute and and god says wait a minute to the guy who's he's chiseling yeah he says you bought into the lies mm. and he didn't elaborate specifically at that point in the video clip of the lies and as you and i were talking we see a lot of people come through wasatch recovery that we've talked about this the substance abuse or the addiction behavior is not the problem there's problems associated with it it's right. problematic legal sure. relationship yeah. self-worth love but it's really a symptom we've talked about yeah, that absolutely ad, yeah ad nauseum so you and i were talking about what are the lies um, i know my personal lies that i bought into one was that i'm not lovable yeah uh, i am you know god can't love me my wife can't love me I'm not trustable ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I thought maybe we could have a talk of what lies do you see and do I see men and women coming into Wasatch yeah. that we really spend a lot of time processing, helping them understand that that belief system or that lie that they bought into is illogical, irrational, and right. it's totally not true. Yeah. What What I've seen a lot of it is that from my side is that the lie of of not being lovable. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big one. We hear that one a lot here, don't we? You know, um you know, many of you listening know my background as well. I was an, an addict for a long time and been clean and recovered for 33 years now, believe it or not. That blows my mind. Like I can't, it's weird to even say that out loud, but I'm very grateful for it too. I never take that for granted. Um the biggest lies in my experience in 33 years that I hear with meeting with thousands of clients. And, and if I was to start at the bottom, and if I'd say the top three, number three is my problems are way too big, I'll never change. There's no way to, to undo this. Uh, the second one is I'm different, so I can't connect. I hear that one a lot, like, you know, you don't understand me, my problems are different. I'm somehow unique, so I'll never be able to connect with anybody. And then the one, and it kind of goes along with I'm not lovable. And this kind of like is a broad brush, but it's I'm not good enough. I think every irrational belief that we fall into and we believe the lie feeds into ultimately just not good enough at the end of the day. And that was one that I bought into hook, line, and sinker when I was even before my addiction. Because again, addiction is just a way that I dealt with certain things. But boy, even as a young kid, I struggled with walking around believing it. And I think anyone listening to this would agree that they struggled with thinking, I don't know if I'm good enough. I'm not as good as that person. I'm not as pretty as that girl. I'm not as smart as that kid. Why won't they uh, ask me, oh, I guess I'm not worthy of their time or whatever it is, right? And so those are the things that I think I've witnessed over the years. I'm looking at, you all should be in in Todd's office because on the wall in big 
vinyl letters that you cannot miss mm -hmm. is another lie that most most people in that come to us mm -hmm. have bought into yeah which says the most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there is nothing wrong with me it says you but yeah with me in the, yeah first tense me yeah because that was a at, at the core of many of these lies is that belief system yeah i am bad i'm i'm wrong i'm i'm broken i am faulty defective what whatever and yeah. that's a lie here's a question i have for you todd yeah when we start to look at the lies that we've bought into and we start to get back on track realizing those lies are illogical irrational and really not true yeah what does that do to whether it's addiction or mental health, anxieties, depressions? What does that do in the healing process, in your experience? When, when you when you start when you start realizing that's yeah. BS. Well, I mean that in itself, the awareness that it is actually a lie. I mean, coming to that point is very therapeutic, right? How to, so? Well. I mean, it's it's almost like this. You felt. I mean, and I'm just speaking in, in, with myself. Is it was like this weight of darkness, this darkness surrounding me, thinking these and believing these lies. But when I started realizing, no, that that is a lie. And it's almost as if, and I, you know, just for visuals, it's as, as if the light turned on. And and what that felt like is my heart. I could feel my heart beating in my chest. I felt this surge of energy. I felt this love. Like, you know, in some religions, they call it the spirit. Um, you know, others might call it something different, energy, whatever. I call it love, man. I felt nothing but this love, not only just for myself, but for everyone. I would look at someone like you and go, man, I love this dude. And I love that person. I don't care what they've done or where they're at. That's where it was like, I, I felt love. And I know that sounds like, almost even a little corny, but it, that's what it felt like to me. And when I felt that, it's like, I want to share this with the world. It's, it's, it was like, I was like, almost like, I want everyone to know this. I want everyone to feel this. And that's why I got into this line of work. And I'm sure Christian, you can agree. Exactly. Same exact, ex very similar experience Yeah. that when I finally figured out I was buying into those lies, that they were definitely lies when I finally realized wait a minute I am lovable and the love quickly went from okay this God can love me but you know what I look in the mirror today and I love me yeah. when 13 years ago I looked in that mirror and go I hate you I hate yeah. you I remember once um, my dad I was on the streets living and mm -hmm. uh, Kelly had had enough my wife had said I'm not doing this anymore so went to mom and dad's I abused that uh, they get back from being out of the country for a few years, and now I'm homeless. And I called my dad. They had a, a few of my clothes. I chose to be homeless. At that point, dad and mom didn't kick me out. I said, I don't want to be here anymore. They had rules. Yeah. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Rules in their house. God, how dare they? <laughs> I mean, I'm 48 years old. <laughs> I don't need your rules. Hell, there's I should a curfew. Have been in your house. Yeah. <laughs> so, you got to be in by 10. So I remember, <laughs> vividly remember calling dad and said, I'm not coming back. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do cocaine yeah. on the streets. That's a good right. idea. Yeah. But will you bring me down some of my belongings? Yeah. I didn't have any belongings. So he begrudgingly uh, met me at the Smiths in Rose Park. Oh, man. In the parking lot. And um, there were very few words spoken as he pulled some stuff out. Uh, it was a really shame-based nonverbal conversation. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And maybe he would do it differently. But I remember he claims he never said it. I swore I heard, son, I hate you. Hmm. And I, again, he said he didn't remember it this way, but I remember saying, I hate me too. Yeah. Wow. And because I wasn't lovable. And that, that, that lie, when I figured that out, I am lovable. In fact, yeah. I'm really good at loving mm-hmm. when I'm in a healthy space. And the more I gave that love that you just described, the more I, I showed it, exhibited yeah. it, and yeah. gave it, it was the, it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. The more I received yeah. love. Not, not necessarily to be validation, because I struggled with, I sure. want validation. You know, yeah, I can't right. love me early on. I can't love me if you sons of guns don't love me. Yeah. But when that, when that light lit up that I, I'm lovable. And yeah. in fact, not to be narcissistic, but I can look in the mirror and go, I like that guy. Yeah. I still miss three foot putts for five or six <laughs> bucks. You know, I still, yeah. I still have weakness and problems. Sure. Mm-hmm. But because I stopped buying into the lies wow. of perfection and yep. expectations that are unrealistic, you better meet those. I find it a lot easier in life just to go through life and know it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. But th- at the core is, I no longer believe in those lies, and the first one starts with love. Wow. I am lovable. Wow, thanks for sharing that story. That's powerful, especially when you said, I hate me too. Um, and maybe your dad didn't say those exact words, but that's the message that came across to yeah. you. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And again, your dad's probably doing the best that he can trying to figure out how the hell do I wake up my son? And if I have to get rough and mean right now, I'm going to. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. You know, props to your dad for having the guts to say whatever he said. It yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah, no. But if that's the message that hopefully maybe you go, what? Really, Dad? That's where you're at with me? It, yeah. It tells you a little bit of where I was, and I think where a lot of our clients are when they get here. Yeah. Is uh, instead of in the old me, would have, when someone says, I hate you, I would have, I hate you. We would have gone back and forth. Yeah. I hate you. <laughs> right. And I yeah. vividly remember that response was not that. It was, yeah. I hate me too. I hate me too. Yeah. I think worse than the addiction, worse than the criminal behavior. You know, for those who don't know, Christian spent a long time in prison. I know it's jail. Okay, let me correct you. It was jail. It was jail. Major difference. We always laugh. I always say he was in prison. He says jail. But either way, it's the same thing, I think. (laughs) But I think the, the, the biggest hindrance to change and lie um, but the biggest hindrance is self-hatred like that, that when, when you hate you, you don't care what you do. You don't even care if you die. You don't care if you go to jail. You don't care if you blow up family relationships. You, I mean, you, you think you do it deep down. You might kind of have a flicker of caring, but you're so caught up in that self-hatred that you're just, it's that, it's that belief of that lie that you're so far gone. You'll never change. Right? Yeah. I think of the times as you were sharing that, I immediately went to when I was in those desperate moments of despair and depression. Yeah. And on two occasions, I attempted to take my life. One was a, one was a serious, violent attempt that mm-hmm. obviously failed. But I'm, I'm wow. thinking that was at the core of all that was going on in those moments was this lie that I was unlovable. There's no yeah. redemption of any kind. I'm not talking a religious, spiritual, just no way that the yeah. world would ever accept 
that I could fit into this yeah. standards of the world. Yeah. And that w- that hurt so bad that the remedy for me was let's end it. And I think maybe, you know, the, UVU's got a suicide prevention conference mm-hmm. coming up, which yeah. we're not, we don't have anything to do with, but that's a conference that I've looked at that's worth, they've got some keynote speakers that are for worth sure. it. But I wonder if maybe one of the Wasatch ways that I've observed, and I've been doing this 13 years in different treatment centers, there is a lot of love coming out of Wasatch. Now there'll be people who listen to this and go, well, they didn't love me. They were mean to me. No, they, yeah. we were honest. Honest, exactly. And sometimes that's painfully honest. <clears throat> yeah. And, and and sometimes we're filling the role that I wish the family support system could have stepped in earlier and said, we yeah. love you so much that yeah. we're not going to do this anymore. We're not yeah. going to enable and contribute. Yeah. Instead, we see family members who literally are loving their loved one to death, to death. whether that's through yeah. drugs, depression, suicide, yeah. whatever. Yeah. And and so the intervention that that was effective for me was one family kindly, we're not loving you yeah. to death anymore, Christian. Wow. Sorry, go spend some time in as a guest of the state. Yeah. Not prison. Not prison. Way. Jail. He always he always corrects me when I say that. I'm like, is there a difference? I mean, come on. <laughs> but uh, you know, I can't imagine a world without you, Christian. Because had that had the attempts worked and you weren't here, I mean, I think of the lives you've touched and the people you got it, you helped into treatment, the people you you know have a, a conversation on the side of the barn here that we're in that are impactful, that changes their life, just perspective, the stories you share, the group you work with on Tuesdays, you're, you're, you're a man of faith and just the people you rub shoulders with, with, with your religion. I mean, think about all that, that would be missing. That would be gone. Yeah. I mean, and, and again, I mean, this is for anyone listening to this. You all have that influence. Everyone, every single one of you, you just got to decide where are you going to put that energy? And you finally said, okay, I'm changing my life and now I'm giving back. I'm not buying into the lies anymore because that's kind of our theme today. And now you have this powerful belief system. I know you're not perfect. No one is. And, but, but you do have a powerful, strong belief about you that you're good. And, and that's not narcissistic. It's funny. We're okay beating ourselves up, saying all this negative stuff. But we say something positive, we're like, we always have to clarify, okay, I'm not being narcissistic. I'm not being <laughs> cocky. No, why can't we say something positive about ourselves and just be okay with it? Where did that come from? Is that a societal thing that we grew up I with? I think so. That you can hold, I can take your criticism, your your critical <laughs> feedback, you, Christian. Your elbow comes way too high on the backswing <laughs> in your golf. I can take that. But I'm very uncomfortable when you say, Christian, that was a really good swing. Yeah. That was really, and your technique was beautiful. I don't receive compliments very well. I can yeah. take criticism to a point. Yeah. But why do we why do we do that as a society? It's hard yeah. to take. Yeah, I think in my experience, what it comes down to is that we don't believe it. So if I pay someone a compliment, one of our clients that's sitting on the couch here, you know, and I pay them a compliment, and they just kind of squirm and go, "Oh, you know, yeah, whatever," you know, they shake their head. It's because they don't believe the compliment. And what what I was taught as a young kid by a guy named Dennis Waitley who wrote. Uh, he was a motivational speaker. He did uh, psychology of winning. He was the sports psychologist for the U.S. Olympic ski team. And he always would say, when someone pays you a compliment, you look them right in the eye and with conviction, tell them thank you. Even if you still don't fully believe the compliment, but that's your way of owning it. And so, 
And again, I've struggled with that too. And I don't know why. And maybe it is society. We don't want to look like we're bragging and going, oh yeah, look at me. Look at my swing. You know, I don't know what it is, but yet, oh yeah, my swing sucks and everyone laughs and we're okay with it. But I think that's part of our problem. And we see the clients coming in here, they have beat themselves up to a pulp and they're so comfortable with that. They're comfortable with self-hatred. Yet when they start loving themselves and they start seeing the light, they're like, whoa, 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 turn that off. Even though they know it's good. Yeah. It's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Yeah. I've, I, uh, we talk about me being uh, failing at an attempt at suicide or attempts at suicide. The, the, one of the benefits that I see is I do get to help other people, and I love doing that. I yeah. love it. Mm-hmm. Um, the foundation of that is, is now having nine grandchildren. Right. Knowing that they're, bringing, they're, yeah. they're being brought up in an environment that is it's tough to live in the world today. Because the world wants to beat you down. It wants to tell you, the, it wants to talk you into believing Absolutely. the lies that you're not good enough, you never will be good enough, you're not pretty enough, you're not skinny enough, all of these things, you're not smart enough. And I love the, I have make it, made it a mission, continue to make it a mission, my grandkids are going to hear positive affirmations. Wow. And I am not going to allow them to believe the lies that, I suckered into believing for so many years that kept me in such a dark, dark, dark place. Wow. Dude, I, yeah. I mean, and, and, and I know how much you love being a grandpa. (laughs) Like we just celebrated your birthday here a few weeks ago and you you know, your daughter surprised you with everyone here and all the grandkids were here and just to see them come up and hug you and watch you light up. I mean, Again, you would have missed out on all that. All of that. All of that. And they would have missed out on an on a on a Gramps who can be open and honest with unconditional love. I can tell them, "Hey, that what you did, Blake, was that was dumb. Don't do that. That was yeah. that was silly. Don't do that again." Um, he can hear it because he knows it's coming from an unconditional place of love. Yeah. Uh, and then I get to point out the goodness in them and the positive affirmations because yeah. the world for whatever reason, society wants to take it out of them, and I'm going to do everything I can to stop that. And that's what we do here at Wasatch. The yeah. world wants to wants to take you down. Right. It's just natural course of you're not good enough. And here at Wasatch, one of the unique things, having worked at multiple treatment centers, mm-hmm. there's a uniqueness about Wasatch that we're we don't we don't we don't you don't come into us believing. But where we believe you come to us because you are broken and right. busted and yeah. flawed. Right. We are going to fix that lie right off the bat. Oh, and yeah. sometimes it might be painful because yeah. clients buy into that so strongly. <laughs> time. But it's yeah. coming from a place of love, which absolutely where we go back to. For sure. Um, I was just looking up. The reason why I grabbed my phone, I just wanted to confirm, um, you know, the, the suicide prevention line has changed. The number changed. All you have to do is type in 988 that's it. I saw that. So I just want to let anyone listening, if you know someone who might be suicidal, or if you are, dial 988. That's all you got to do, 988. You know, you can actually text 988 as well. Anything you need to do, I just want to point that out in case someone's listening to this who might be struggling. So we're talking about lies that overcome. Let's talk about the truths for a minute. Okay. Okay. Um, well, okay, I, I apologize. I want to ta- bring up one more lie. Because I, Christian, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too. Because, like, there's these belief systems that keep us stuck. I really do 
I've understood over the years in doing this and studying this that our beliefs dictate our behavior. So if, my, if I have a negative belief, my behavior will mirror it. It'll be negative. And one of the beliefs I see, especially in recovery, that people buy into is that somehow they're missing out if they can't drink or do drugs anymore. There's a belief that I'm somehow, you know, we hear this all the time, I wish I was a normie. I don't like that term because I don't like it because it's almost like, well, look at that person. They can drink and they're okay. Why can't that be me? And then they think they're missing out. I think the biggest belief and lie that needs to be obliterated is that one. You're not missing out if you don't drink. You're not missing out if you don't you know, smoke pot. You're not missing out if you don't go party. To be honest with you, now that I've done this a long time, they're missing out. Like, I don't need a glass of wine to make my meal better. I don't need a glass of wine to have a better conversation with Christian. I don't need to smoke a joint with so-and-so so I can connect with them. Is that right? Yeah. Do you I, see that too? Yeah. And, like and somehow they're like, I'm missing out. I wish I could be that person. And yeah. early on in the recovery process, I was guilty of that thought process. Yes. Like I would kind of metaphorically, symbolically look over my shoulder. Gosh, uh, those guys, <laughs> they're sure having fun. Exactly. I'm, I can't have fun anymore. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. Now, not too many years into recovery, but definitely right now, I actually feel like you do on that. They're missing out. Those guys that are, and they can do it responsibly. Sure. There's no judgment there. I abuse the privilege to drink like a gentleman. Yeah. The vast majority of people don't. But what they're missing out is some authentic connection. If if I've got mood and mind-altering substances, even in an appropriate level, I'm still missing out on some connection with grandkids and with my wife and with my own children. and. It's so fun to to have changed that lie from I'm not missing out, and we get inundated when you turn on the telly, totally, or the movie yeah. screen. You know, nobody's yeah. nobody's having a good conversation without a glass of a right. beverage, yeah, in Absolutely. their hand. And so we we get this picture of all oh, that happiness or joy is equated to having mood and mind altering substances. Yeah. What a crock. That's a lie. It's the lie, man. Isn't that a big one? Yeah. It is a big it's lie. It's a big one. And I, and I bring this up a lot in my groups here at Wasatch and and everyone always goes, "Yeah, you're right. We've all bought into that. Like somehow so you know, being clean and sober is going to suck. It's going to be boring. It might feel that way in the beginning cuz you're not used to the calm. <laughs> right? We're used to the chaos, but yet stay in the calm for a minute. And I promise you, you're going to come out the other side and that light's going to be so bright. The greater the darkness, the greater the light. That's exactly what it is. But you have to be willing to go through that. It is a process. And a dear friend of mine and ours, Alema Harrington, years ago did a group, The Evolution of the Word Why, mm-hmm. W-H-Y. Mm-hmm. And the first part of it was, why is this happening to me? And then it evolved a little bit to, well, what am I to learn from this yeah and then the final evolution is you know why am i so lucky and i feel like you and i are in that place of we have been blessed to understand yes i don't totally. not only don't i i don't miss drinking and drugging one bit not yeah. one bit yeah i think to myself why would i ever have wanted to do that yeah. Why did I want to do that? Well, we know now it was the, yeah. it was self medicating, yep, masking pain. some pain. Yeah, yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, some of the truths that I'd like to maybe talk about here for a minute is, you know, I believe people are powerful, not powerless. I do. I believe that's the truth. There's people out there that will preach that they're weak and powerless, but I will teach the clients that they're strong and powerful. And I know that goes against the grain in recovery, and I'm sorry if I'm rubbing someone the wrong way, but the truth is, and if you really are honest with yourself, you're powerful. You're powerful. And so that's one truth. The other truth is that, again, there's nothing wrong with you. And doesn't mean we don't have stuff to work on, but to your core, your value as a human being, Christian, whether you were running and gunning or doing what you're doing now, has is, is always been a hundred. Always. But yet we buy into the lie that uh, somehow 25%. No, you're at a hundred. I always say this. There's either no special people in the world or we're all special. Which goes to my that. core value system. Yeah. I you, you mentioned earlier, I am a, a man of faith or a, a man yeah. of God. Yes. Uh, and I wear that with a badge of honor. I yeah. do believe there's God's a God. gatekeeper. That's no, I don't. Well, <laughs> that's another topic we'll talk about. I'm teasing. Too many that's an inside friends. joke. Yeah, we'll that's talk an about <laughs> God's gatekeeping in the future. I'm teasing. Totally teasing. But I do believe in a God. Yeah. I do believe a God created me. And I do believe God doesn't create junk. Wow. Not one bit. Yeah, Never that. created a junk. If yeah. if that God created any junk at all, what does that say about the God of that that I represent to understand? Yeah, it's it doesn't speak highly of that God. So right. I, I do believe that when you go to this powerful versus powerless, that uh, I bought into a little bit of the powerless. Yeah. Um, hey, I have a healthy respect that I will never drink like a gentleman. Well, Don't sure. want to play it. Yeah. But the power was always within me. Yes. Um, I, I I just needed to look to the right places. I was looking in the wrong places, yep. man. I was looking in the bottom of the bottle or pills or cocaine or sex yep. or gambling when I needed to look to something brighter. Yeah. Refer to it as the light. Well, think how powerful you were in a negative way. You were really powerful. You bet. When you were out there doing all that, you were very powerful, but in the wrong direction. I always tell this to the clients, you are so powerful. And the proof is, look look how good you were at using and, and abusing drugs and alcohol. You would do whatever it took. You'd If you wanted to get something, you went and got it. You bet. Dude, and no, at any means disposal. If you shift that energy into this direction and being clean, you're going to be the dude or the woman that's going to change the world. Seriously. change. All you have to do is shift that energy into the positive direction. That's why when we see people like yourself who have been on one side and look at you, now you're on the other. You have shifted that energy into this direction and that's why you're on fire over here. <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's the funnest thing. Yeah. It really is. We get yeah. to do it most of the time, not all the time. Every once in a while we get to do it dozens mm-hmm. at a time, but most of the time I get to do this. I get to save the world one person at a time. Yeah. And when we get enough of us that have mm-hmm. had that transformation and there yeah. are many and every day there are more yep. one at a time factored mm-hmm. multiplied by many yeah. many becomes yeah. changing the world changing the world it goes from a hundred thousand to a million to tens of millions to hundreds of millions to billions it's true the ripple effect of one person it's crazy, isn't it? Isn't that cool? Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. And that's why I'm saying you're powerful. So anyone that thinks they're powerless, that's BS. That's a lie. It yeah. is a lie. Yeah. You know? Um, you're not broken. You're not. Sorry. I know you're not perfect. No one is. 
But again, to your core, like you said, God doesn't make junk. God doesn't make mistakes, period. To your core, you're solid. And you always, I always say this, you were born honest. You were born clean. You weren't born with anxiety and depression. You weren't born a liar and a criminal. You learned all that, which means now you unlearned it. And you're actually being more like who you were, Christian, before you ever started. See, we always identify, here's the other lie. I know we're going back and forth, truth and lies here. But another lie I'd like to mention is we identify ourselves with our addiction years. Like, how old were you when you first used anything? How old were you? Like the sample? Like even if you just drank one night or had a beer or whatever. A sample of alcohol at age 12 or 13. 12 or 13, whatever that was. And granted, I mean, that didn't turn into a full-blown addiction at the time. But think about it. You know, you were so many years in your addiction, right? How many? 27. 27 years. So you'll identify, I'm not saying you're doing this, but most people would identify, hey, I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. And I always say, well, did you use today? No. Did you drink today? No. Did you drink yesterday? No. The day before? It's been how many years? 13? 13 years. 13 for you. Congratulations, by the way. That's freaking amazing. 13 years. So, but here's the thing. Why can't we identify ourselves from the time we were born till the time we started using? Because isn't that the real authentic you? Again, you weren't born a liar. You weren't born a thief. You weren't born to manipulate. You loved everyone. You had faith as big as the universe. You loved yourself. That's the authentic you. So that's really what you did. Once you got past this addiction piece and got over the emotional pain, guess what? You got back in line with who you were when you were born. Yep. Fair? Yeah, it is. I, we've, out of these nine grandkids, three of them are under 18 months. And I get to look at them and have watched them develop into into just laying there, like cuddling with nothingness, yeah. into quickly being able to smile and react and start crawling and yeah. rolling over. And there's no, nothing but love. No nothing. judgment. No, yeah. just love they get to that two-year-old three-year-old still a lot of love some stupidity but a lot of love and unconditional stuff no lying yeah no manipulating none no fake they're being authentic completely that's the authentic you yeah and here's what's beautiful tell me if you like this i will say this to the clients who have kids or who have nieces or nephews or cousins when they're, when they're young and they walk into a room, what do we feel? And everyone's like, oh, man, I, we melt. We love them. We all, you know, and I say, there's reasons why. And they give all these reasons why. Oh, we, I love them. They're pure. They're innocent. And I agree with all of it. But I think the big, biggest reason why when we, when, and I'm going to use you, Christian, as an example, when you see one of your grandchildren walk into the room, when there you are, the reason why you light up like a Christmas tree is because that grandchild is a reminder of who you are. Oh my gosh. That's what it is. Yes, you could say all those other great qualities, but it's that grandchild reminds me, hey, grandpa, you're me. Remember? Wow. That makes a lot of sense because I do light up and they light up. It's reciprocal. Whether it's my 10-year-old granddaughter, grandpa. And when we go into the room for meet for the first time, having not met for a week, a day or whatever, this big hug, or whether it's the two-year-old Beckham or Brixton, bumpa or gramps, and they come running. (laughs) That, that is a reminder that that, that's why one of the reasons I love it. 
Yeah. That's who I am at my core right there. I'm just a guy who loves Absolutely. without judgment. Yep. Just want the hugs. Yep. Just love. Yep. And anyone listening to this knows Christian has a heart of gold. It's it's as big as this room and grateful to be rubbing shoulders with you. Seriously, truly yeah. mean that. I'm not just saying this because we say this off the oh, air. We so we're, this yeah, is fake. Consistent. Yep. Um, I do care about you and I love what you do. I've really learned and and just watched you work and learn to really just respect what you do. Like when you invited me to that golf tournament, um, Good Time Golf, which was doing a lot of good out there, helping a lot of people, but you invited me to come to their tournament, which was really cool, it was was my first time golfing with you. But just to watch you interact with everybody. Everyone knows you, they're all, hey Christian, and and you're hugging everyone, and they're just, they light up when they see you, and I'm like, and I came back here, and you can you can ask anyone here who works here. I said, I now know why Christian's so good at what he does. It was a, a reminder, an eye-opening thing for me. I was like, that's why he's so good at bringing people to this place to get fixed and to get help. It's beautiful. It's, it's You're so good at it. Thank you. You're so good at it. Thank you. You really are. And we have a great team here, you know. Decker, I mean, my hell, that guy's got a heart of gold as well. I mean, isn't he the funniest, greatest dude on the planet? Yes, he, he really is. The- like, I would love to take him everywhere. I'm serious. When I go on a date with my wife, I want Decker there. I'm he, serious. He's just so fun. As you go down this list of <laughs> him and others that we could go, it's stunning on me. In large part, the team is so good because they're so authentic. Yeah, these are not, this isn't fake. You can't fa- you can fake this stuff for a day, a week, a month, maybe. Mm-hmm. But this is not. Nobody yeah. here is pretentious and yeah. fake. Yeah. We are authentic. Decker is as authentic as it gets. He oh. is. He is who he is. Oh yeah, and he doesn't hold back. You, yeah. Mark, everybody, yeah. Wendy. Yep. Yeah. Corey. Wendy Tina, would Tessa. be nice if she was nicer. <laughs> Hopefully she doesn't listen to this. Just kidding. I hope she's listening. No, I hope she's listening. <laughs> anyway, we do have a great team, and and Wendy being our clinical director, um, she's she's great at what she does. I mean, at the end of the day, that woman ain't afraid to to help change lives, and she'll say whatever she needs to say to love you enough to give you the the the, the story as it as absolutely. it is seen from her as a professional 100%. and a good professional. Boy, yeah, she she's powerful that way. We're not yeah. helping anybody. I'm not helping my grandkids if. I'm not a big believer in the participation thing when they go to soccer and all that stuff. Yeah. I'm not helping my grandkids if if I'm not being honest with them. Exactly. Not mean honest. Right. Just just being just be honest. With honest them. with them. Yeah. If I'm gonna say, Oh no, you you should have won that event. No, you were you didn't perform well that day. It's okay. Yeah. That's okay. You You'll do better next time. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're less than or not enough. Yep. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Yeah. This we is could, awesome. We, we could talk all day. Oh, we could. All, we really all could. Day. Well, hey, you know, anyone listening to this, hopefully you got something out of this. Hopefully you realize that it, these lies that we tell ourselves, challenge them if you're struggling with them. Reach out to Christian or myself. We'll help you through that. If you have a loved one right now who's struggling that needs treatment, who needs to get in, whether it's residential or day treatment or IOP, um, we'll get you in. And Christian's the person you need to reach out to. And so... What is the best way for someone to do that, Christian? Direct number. Uh, call. We have a we have our mainline number. I don't know what it is off the top of my head. I'm not on it, but you're welcome to call my cell number anytime. Area code 801-870-1379. Okay. I challenge you guys to call them, seriously. And if you have a loved one who's struggling, you think they might be struggling with addiction, but you're almost even afraid to bring it up, 
have them listen to this episode. Just send them a link saying, hey, listen to this episode. I think it'll help you. It breaks the ice. And then you follow up with them and saying, hey, what'd you get from that episode that you listened to? And hey, is there anything I can do to help you? Hey, reach out to Christian, you know, give him a call. And if we're not the right fit, Christian will find the yeah. place for you. <clears throat> absolutely. Right? So, that, that, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're not, there's a lot of treatment opportunities, selections out there. And the yeah. difference is not clinical. Uh, the difference is all cultural. Yeah. And that's a big deal. Big so if we're not it, we'd find somebody who's right. a better fit. Okay. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for all your support. It means the world to us. Thanks to our sponsors. We love you. Thanks for believing in us. And why don't we end, Christian? Why don't you read that one more time out loud and we'll end with that. The most delightful surprise in life is to suddenly recognize there is nothing wrong with you.